My name is Humble Gray, and I am a Mississippi farmer. Well, now, here's something. It's a letter asking me, what do you, Farmer Gray, think of these fellas who call themselves gals and want to use the ladies' room? Signed, Occupado. Well, now, I, I believe you're referring to these fellas and gals what call themselves transgender, part of the BLT community. And I'll tell you my thoughts on this particular subject. I, I say that these gents who call themselves gals and these gals that call themselves gents are up to what I would refer to as perfidious trickery, the pulling of the wool over the eyes. And I'll tell you exactly how I know, because yours truly, the old farmer himself has engaged in such shenanigans. Oh, yes, my friends, oh, yes, and if you'll pick your jaws up off the floor, I'll tell you exactly how it came to pass. See, one day several years ago, my very best hunting companion, Davis McClyde, and I caught caught wind that the Ladies' Social Society here in Trouveau was going to be holding a so-called pie event. And what that meant was each lady was going to be baking not one, but two different pies, and they were going to be feasting on said pies at their bi-weekly meeting. Well, Davis and I don't always agree on everything, but... One thing we do agree on is we both love pie. Trouble was, this party the ladies were holding was for gals only, no men allowed, so I despaired of ever tasting the delicious products of the social club's labors. But Davis, well, if you know him at all, you will know that once he sets his mind on something, he will not be deterred. No, sir, he will not be deterred by anything. So right then and there, he cooked up a plan. He said, here's what we're going to do, you and me. He said, we're going to disguise ourselves, see, so we can get into that party and partake of them pies. And I said, what kind of disguise are you talking about, Davis? And he said, we're going to disguise ourselves as ladies. As ladies, he said. And, well, you'll not be surprised to learn that I rejected his plan in no uncertain terms. I wasn't going to be caught in a pinafore and filly under drawers, no matter what the provocation. But then Davis starts describing the wares these ladies were going to proffer at the party. And when I thought of all those luscious pies, well, sir, I tell you quite candidly, I at last acquiesced to Davis's proposal. So we put his plan into action, he and I, each of us choosing one of our wives' best dresses to wear and two wigs that lay atop his better half's closet, 
Our gal's high-heeled shoes completed the ensemble, but there was makeup still to do, and there's the hitch. I, I know nothing about the application of powders and paints. Well, not to worry, though. Turns out Davis was right good at it. He, he must have observed his wife at her ablutions, is all I can figure, because... Before you know it, he and I were rouged up like a couple of sophisticated ladies about town. Then Davis says, he says, It's not enough that we're all dressed up as gals, because we gotta walk like them, too. And I says, I will do no such thing. But he said, If we don't walk like the ladies, it'll be a dead giveaway and no pie for us. So... I reluctantly agreed, and Davis, he started sashaying across the room, swinging his hips and batting his eyes. Come on, friend Gray, says he, follow my lead. So taken was I with his commitment that I did that very thing till soon we were both la-dee-dying around the floor like a couple of high-class ladies. After a half hour of this, Davis said it was time for our public debut. And with that, he opened the door and out we went into the night. If I had feared exposure of our ruse, I'd no need, for we promenaded through town without incident, save for the young Lotharios who doffed their caps in greeting. In fact, two young swains pulled up beside us in an old Monte Carlo and asked if they might have the honor of escorting this fine pair of gals to their destination. Well, I was reticent, but Davis, he reminded me that the ladies' society was still a long ways away and quite a walk, and so perhaps, says he, we should take these two cavaliers up on their kind proposition. I considered such, and reasoning that the sooner we got there, the sooner we would be consuming those delicious pies, I consented. So the fellas told us to climb into the back seat, which we did, and I was careful to keep my dress hemmed down in the process for modesty's sake, you see. But Davis followed no such precaution, and as his dress rode up, I saw that in the process of Preparing for the evening's festivities, he had donned a pair of polka dot scanties, which led me once again to admire his commitment to our charade, for Davis's old man and surely loathed to relinquish his boxers for such dainty attire. Make yourselves comfortable, ladies, said one of our courteous chauffeurs, and would anyone like a drink? With that, he passed back a half pint of bells from which Davis eagerly drew. However, demurred, wishing not to attend a ladies' event with hard liquor on my breath. Live a little, says Davis, affecting a high falsetto and proffering the bottle. Yeah, says the gent in the front passenger seat, whose name was Lloyd. Loosen up, honey. So your old friend the farmer, wishing not to be a wet blanket, took a pull and let the fire course down his gullet. So where are you beauties going, asks Lloyd. Oh, says Davis, we're on our way to a pie party. Well, ain't that a coincidence, says Lloyd, because me and Roy here, we just love pie, don't we, Roy? 
Roy just chuckled, though I dare say I didn't catch the joke. Well, this pie party is for ladies only, says I, feeling a bit loquacious after the whiskey and adopting Davis's falsetto. Ain't that always the way, says Lloyd, and now he chuckled. Ain't that always the way? It was at that moment that I noticed our escorts seemed to have taken a wrong turn. Davis, whispered I to my companion, I I don't think this is the way to the Lady Social Society. Oh, says Davis, unconcerned, I'm sure they're just taking the scenic route, for it's a pleasant evening, just ripe for a long drive. Well, he's a sharp fellow, that Davis, and I'd no doubt he'd intuited correctly, though I was somewhat confounded when Roy turned the vehicle up a dark, unpaved trail and dead-ended in a dogwood grove. Why, friend Roy, says I, you seem to have strayed from the designated route for our ladies' society would never extend the sucker of pie in such a dark and foreboding place. But Davis, he was quick to defend Roy's navigational skills and did it lady style, saying Roy was a, quote, big, strong man, unquote, and no doubt directionally competent, that it was we gals who had obviously erred in describing the route and that these two nice gentlemen had every right to be cross with such naughty little misses. Well, I recalled no errors in our directions to Brother Roy, but Davis was so adamant, R.E.R. culpability, I averred no mistake on the driver's part, though I privately took issue with Davis's phraseology. Well, says Lloyd, since you've both been so wicked, wasting our time with wrong directions when we were doing you ladies a virtuous turn, maybe Roy and I need to give you gals a good talking to. I was about to protest when Davis replied in a quiet little voice, Lloyd, I humbly submit to your giving me what for, for I have transgressed and deserve what for in response to which Lloyd suggested that he and Davis repair to a spot beyond the trees where he could administer what for in private, for the talking to would likely get heated, he warned, and he'd no wish to admonish a, quote, froward vixen, unquote, in front of the others, at which point Davis exited the vehicle and with alacrity, walking unsteadily in heels over the uneven ground as he and Lloyd disappeared into the darkness. I was just contemplating how far afield the evening had gone when Roy turned round in his seat and said, "'Mind if I come back there to administer your talking to?' Well, I was already feeling a mite peevish, thinking of how, rather than sampling delectable pies, I was sitting here in the dark woods and was therefore in no mood for a reprimand, but so as not to defend my vehicular host, I merely shrugged and said, it's your Monte Carlo, so Roy did come back there, but 
I soon found out it was not to rebuke. No, not at all. This young fellow, it was his intention to praise. That's that's right. He he praised my eyes, which he said were dark and mysterious, and he praised my hair, which he said was flowing and lustrous, and he praised my complexion, which he said was smooth and radiant. Why this Roy, he was just chock full of compliments. In fact, it made me feel sort of sorry for Davis, because while he was off somewhere being castigated for leading us into this obfuscous break, I, Farmer Gray, was being treated like a queen. I mean, king. You know, you know what I mean. Anyway, seems this fellow was so taken with my aspect and my eyes that, well, I... I say this as candidly as I can in the interests of full disclosure. He, he took that big hand of his and placed it square upon my thigh, all the while looking deep into my limpid pools. That's right, dear listeners, this big boy, he, he'd taken a shine to your friend the farmer. And, and folks, the devil moves fast, for no sooner had I opened my mouth to protest than his Lips were upon mine, and he'd gone all international on me with Russian hands and Roman fingers. Well, sir, I did what any proper young lady would do in that instance and slapped his face hard, maybe harder than I intended, for he flew across the back seat and smacked the back of his head against the window. I was a bit sorrowful for knocking him out, for he was just a young fella feeling his oats, and I had no wish to discourage him from future heterosexual activities, particularly in those cases where he really was with a woman. Still, when Roy came to, I judged no harm in quoting Ephesians, reminding him that Quote, everyone who is sexually immoral or impure has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God, unquote. Huh, says he, bleary-eyed, and I noted profuse bleeding from the back of his head. With no first aid kit in sight, I resourcefully tore a strip of cloth from the hem of my dress, reminding him as I wrapped the bandage round his skull that, Timothy 5.1.2 admonishes us to encourage an older woman as a mother and a younger woman as a sister, all in purity. Huh, says Roy again, and I feared he might be beyond biblical reclamation. At that moment, the front vehicular doors opened, and Lloyd climbed in with Davis, both of them laughing and carrying on as if old friends, signaling that they had gotten past Lloyd's remonstrations and that the hatchet had indeed been deeply buried. Only odd thing I noticed was that Davis was walking with a bow-legged stride and sat gingerly, making me wonder if he had incurred some injury. Still, he seemed cheerful enough, so... I gave it no further thought. Roy, however, was morose and complained to his companion that some gals don't know how to show gratitude to a gallant offering a fine ride and whiskey. Look at the back of my head, says he, demonstrating the bloody bandage. Look what she done to me. Oh, ma'am, says Lloyd, you are too hot-blooded for certain. Perhaps, just perhaps, it'd cool you off some to walk home. 
But dear, says Davis, we don't know where we are, only that we are miles from home in a dark and dangerous wood, which your friend ought to have considered, says Lloyd, before she did damage to my best pal. No, ma'am, our hospitality is at an end. With that, Davis and I were unceremoniously ejected from the Monte Carlo. Besides, it never would have worked betwixt us, says Lloyd, his window rolled down. Your legs are far too hairy. The Monte Carlo then took off, screeching in a cloud of dust, though not before the half-pint bottle of bells came sailing out the driver's side window, narrowly missing my head by inches. Well, says I, those young men weren't nearly as kindly as I initially perceived, and that Lloyd was rough, says Davis, his voice strangely hoarse, very rough. We then began our long trek back to town, with me despairing of ever attending the pie party, for now it was late and the ladies had surely packed up the remaining comestibles and gone home. Anyway, Davis and I, we'd walked a good two miles, our feet aching in the ladies' pumps, when suddenly a Chevrolet Tahoe pulls up alongside our weary selves. Pardon me, says a female voice from the driver's side window, but this is no time of night for two defenseless females such as yourselves to be walking alone. Can I offer you a lift? Well, despite our recent automotive debacle, Davis and I, we were in desperate straits and so acceded to the proposal, climbing into the back seat of the SUV and expressing humble gratitude for the accommodation. It was then that we noticed ourselves surrounded by boxes and a lot of them, a lovely aroma wafting from each. If you gals are hungry, said the driver, help yourself to some pie. There's Plenty left over from the ladies' social society party. And plenty there was, ladies and gentlemen, for Davis and I, we had stumbled into the chariot of the ladies' society president, the the very nexus of the pies. And as we opened the boxes, we were confronted with more kinds of pie than ever we thought the world could hold. while there was peach pie and strawberry pie and lemon meringue pie and good old apple pie and raspberry pie and sweet potato pie and there was even a pear pie. Have you ever heard of pear pie? Well, they had it, that's for sure, along with more Bettys and crumbles than a lady-dressed fella could shake a stick at. And you can bet that Davis and I, we we sampled each and every one. My belly growing so protrusive, I was grateful I'd opted for a flowered ensemble and not horizontal stripes. You girls must have been very hungry, remarked our benefactor, for you certainly are enjoying your pie. Yes, ma'am, says I, with a mouthful of crust and rhubarb. You've no idea... "'Well, if you, too, ever wish to join the Ladies' Social Society,' says she, "'just say the word, and I'd be delighted to sponsor you.' "'Dunno,' says I, "'seems like being a female entails a lot of responsibility.' 
Sorry, says our host. I said, the distaff life may not be for me. But there's pleasures too, says Lloyd. His own mouth full. You mean the pie, says I. Yeah, says he. That's that's what I mean, all right. The pie. The pie is what I mean. And with that, our driver, after eyeing us in the rearview mirror, continued on into town in silence. And that, dear listeners, is the story of old Farmer Gray's liberal misadventure. And while, and what was the point of my tale? Well, simply to illustrate the duplicitous nature of gynic chicanery. For if I, your faithful correspondent, can fall prey to the expediency of mendacious identity, how much more vulnerable are those who have not been schooled manly at the plow? So next time you see a gent in a skirt, seek the agenda and not the agency. Not some natural inclination. Interesting postscript, by the way. Since that fateful evening of rides and pies, I've noticed once or twice a lady flouncing down Main Street who looks an awful lot like Davis in his womanly trappings. So much so, I sidled up to her on one such occasion and said, they're a pie party I don't know about. At which point she put a finger to her lips, said, shh, winked, and and turned on her heel, walking away with a click, click, click of pumps on pavement. I must admit, I kind of resented it. Old Davis keeping all that pie to himself. He's a bit mercenary when it comes to the desserts, or so I guess. After all, we've been through. Play me out, Zeke. (laughs) 